0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Trojan Dash. I know things look a little bit different. Reagan's not with us anymore. Um, he's gone on to other endeavors. Uh, but we're still here to talk Trojan football. I'm Sam Arslanian. Uh, I run uh, Dash Sports TV, and I'm joined again with Nathan Ackerman. Nathan, how you doing today, buddy?
1: The, what, second Trojan Dash in three days. It's good to be giving people what they want.
0: Hey, man, season's coming up. We had to. We had to make the switch. New schedule on the horizon. It's uh, it's looking good. So, uh, big news today. Eleven a.m. AP polls come out, and uh, USC top twenty. I know you're happy. Well,
1: Taking, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> oh, no, I'm thrilled. I mean, I, I've been I've been talking about this for several weeks. It's just like it makes no sense. This you cannot tell me this team is the twentieth best team in the in the country, right? I mean, you look at the teams ahead of them, and you see. Like BYU, who like yeah is six and zero, seven zero, something like that. But they have no Im- impressive wins. The only somewhat difficult game on their schedule is like Boise State or something like that. And they don't even they haven't even played them yet. Then you look at schools like what Coastal Carolina. It's like what are we what are we doing here? I think once 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 SC gets gets on the field, they win. Maybe you know hopefully their first two or two or three games. Hopefully people recognize that this is, like easily one of the 13 or 14 best schools in the country 20 right now is just kind of disrespectful
0: yeah i mean i understand why they're doing this it's just kind of weird to look at right now and that's why i think this week one matchup is so huge because if they beat arizona state right you're going to see them shoot up they're probably going to go up top 15 at least i'd say i'd say closer to like just outside the top 10 if they beat arizona state arizona state's a great team they're just outside the ap top 25 themselves right and there's a lot of teams that really don't deserve to be there. You got BYU, Coastal Carolina, and Marshall. And you know, you look at Marshall's schedule, and I'm looking at it right now: Old Dominion, Florida Atlantic, Western Kentucky, Rice, Louisiana Tech, Charlotte. Like, who? Like, I'm sorry, those are, those are the schedule from last year. My bad. But those are those are the same teams that are on their their schedule this year. Um, and yeah, they've won a lot of games. Um, they, it's, I, I don't get it. And I know they haven't played any games yet. USC hasn't played any games yet, and you're going to see them go up, and you're going to see a lot of teams shoot into the top 25. You're going to see Utah, if Utah has a couple games, uh, a couple wins before they play USC, and hopefully USC finds a win in that game and puts them back down where they belong. But BYU at 9 is just ridiculous.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, this this is the thing that kind of worried me coming into this this, uh, year was that you have – pretty much every conference across the country is playing a different number of games this year, right? The, the uh, Big Ten is playing like, you know, eight eight or nine games, something like that. The SEC is playing 10 or 11. The ACC, I think, is playing all 12. The Pac-12 is playing six to seven. And it's like, okay, you would think that, I mean, the AP voters should be looking at pure talent rather than standings, rather than the, you know, wins and losses every every single year. I mean, obviously, the you know, un, un, undefeated Clemsons are going to be like the best teams in the in, in the entire country. But you would think that this year, given that everybody's schedule is so all, all over the place and nobody's even playing the same number of games, they would look especially hard at how good these teams actually are rather than how many games have they played and how many have they lost, which it seems like at this point, given that B, uh, BYU is what, 6 and 7 now, something like that. Um, I mean, you would think you would hope that they would say okay they haven't played any good teams yet they're 6-0 but they're not really that well good I wouldn't I wouldn't say that
0: they're not a good team they they have sure, some very convincing team. wins right. they're not they're not but
1: they are not they no they're they're not the ninth best team in the country right. and I was I was hoping that this year they would say okay we're gonna look especially close at what what is the actual talent of these teams and you know, for SC, you could say, okay, they haven't done anything to really prove it this year because they haven't played. But on the flip side, you could just as easily say they haven't done anything to prove anybody wrong, right? So you have to go based off of pure talent, based off of pure outlook, based off of how this team looks. And this team looks pretty good. And I bet if you asked any college coach in the country other than BYU's, which school you would, which which roster, which which team you would you would rather have right now. USC or BYU or USC and Marshall or USC and Coastal Carolina. I mean, they they won't even think about it, right? So, I don't. Hopefully, that's something that works itself out because you know, if it if it comes down to the end of the year and USC's seven and O and they're behind, you know, a mediocre team that's played an extra two or three games and has won them because they have played against you know basically Division two opponents, um, yeah. it's not going to sing well.
0: Well, I want to acknowledge we do have a lot of people in chat right now. We got a little chat from uh, our, our boy Reagan Griffin Jr. who stopped by. Uh, imagine thinking Coastal Carolina is better than USC. Exactly. I mean, that's yeah, the thing. Like, oh, and you're, you're, remember, we're also looking at the AP poll. And in the grand scheme of things, when the season gets towards the end and the playoffs are rolling around, it doesn't matter. What matters is CFP. You think- Right. Well, the what matters is the yeah. CFP rankings, yeah. right? And that's all we really care about. Now, this is a good proxy to say, okay, where do you know analysts or whoever, whatever,
1: think team should be. And I think just give
0: it some time, give it some time, and USC will start climbing that ladder and getting up there. But when I think it comes down to it, these teams don't have the strength of schedule. What I will give BYU is every team they've played, aside from UTSA. Which was a seven-point win. They have murdered them, murdered fifty-five to three over Navy, forty-eight to seven over Troy, forty-five to fourteen over LA Tech, forty-three to twenty-six over Houston, uh, fifty-two to fourteen over Texas State, and forty-one to ten over Western Kentucky. Like those are good numbers. Like I will give them that.
1: Yeah, but I mean, come on. I I know they're bad. I know
0: they're bad teams. Don't get me wrong, but they they. 15 that's my spot put them at 15 right now
1: yeah okay i mean we have we have another comment in the chat it says best coastal carolina team in a long time i don't know if that was like sarcastic (laughs) what's that
0: what's the proxy for coastal carolina
1: (laughs) yeah what what is what is the best team i really is the bar yeah i don't think i've seen them come
0: around in football in forever yeah
1: it's just like it's the kind of thing that you hope doesn't screw any teams over when the season comes to a close. And I, I, I want to think the way that, that you think, which is that, you know, the college football playoff committee, everybody's going to be thinking straight and they're going to be looking at, you know, a bigger picture view of these teams when the season comes to a close, but I, you would, you would hope that they were doing that all season and it looks like they aren't doing that so far. So, I, I, maybe all they need to see is one game, and then you know an Arizona State win or a win over uh, ASU in a week week uh, one would put them, you know, somewhere in the eleven to thirteen, fourteen range. It probably won't be that high, but I mean, if you look at pure talent, maybe I, it should I could see
0: it being yeah. that high. I really could. I mean, if you, I would take a one and zero USC not team a with a win week. over, but with a win over an Arizona State team who's just outside the top twenty five, if you're looking at this list, right? A win over Arizona State should shoot you above these teams. It should shoot you above Coastal it Carolina. Should, yeah. It should shoot you above Marshall. It's not going to put you above BYU. I don't know why, but it's not going to.
1: Unless, unless BYU—I mean BYU—plays Boise State. That right? is a big they game. That's going to be a test. They could, they could totally get exposed. They could totally get exposed. I mean, you've I seen it.
0: I'm, I'm surprised. I thought Clemson was going to blow that game this uh, yesterday. They didn't.
1: Yeah. I was, what I was thinking is that if, if Clemson managed to drop that game, then next week they played Notre Dame, and if they lost to Boston College without Trevor, and maybe they played Notre Dame without Trevor again, we still have to see about that. And all of a sudden they have two losses. I mean, even though Trevor Lawrence was injured, you can't put a two-loss team in the college football playoff. Which you're well, you got to, to play be able to strong. play
0: through those losses. That's that's what you're talking about. Yeah, because who, who's exactly. who's to know a team doesn't come out there and uh, you know drop a player in the college football playoffs? Like it happens, mm-hmm. right? And that's why you want a team to be that deep. And speaking of you, uh speaking of deep, we'll get to that in a second. Um, but I want to get a couple questions in chat. Uh, do I think Keaton will hold up to the hype this year? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I know he's coming off of a bit of an injury, uh, not a major injury, but you know, definitely something that you would you would be worried about. When I went to the first practice, and frankly, only practice in the spring, uh, he just didn't look like he did a couple weeks or a couple months prior. He was a little bit shaky. Um, but you know, a lot of that's just shaking the rust off and getting back into things. This this dude's a truth. This dude's a truth, yeah. man. I'm telling you.
1: Yeah, and I think I think timing is gonna be the, the big thing for him. I mean, we saw we saw last year there were occasional issues with that. I mean they weren't very common, but I mean this guy's one of the most accurate passers in college football. And this year you know, there's a little well, bit of stop and start. Too. There's a little bit of a short. Yeah, right. There's there's there was no no spring camp. I mean, there was one practice. There's a short fall camp. So I'm I'm guessing maybe early on in weeks one or two, there there could be, you know, some slight miscommunication, lack of timing issues, whatever with the wide up. Uh, uh, Wideout group, but I mean, again, Keaton's one of the best quarterbacks in the country, and the wideouts are one of the best wide receiving groups in the country. So those those kinks should work themselves out pretty fast. I think I think the the, the ceiling for this guy is I mean he could he could compete for for a Heisman. I think so.
0: Yeah, I mean um, if he does what he did last year, I don't, I don't year. know.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't know if he if he will, but you also have a full offseason of uh, Graham Harrell. For which is only going to make him that much, that much better. So well, you, also, guy's you
0: have a lot of things that are helping him out too. You got a way better offensive line this year. You got a defense yeah. that's not going to put him out there so much. That's, that's the problem. That's what happened in that Iowa game in that, in that bowl game last year is the, the offense just had to keep going out there and they just kept getting burned because you know, they were dead tired because they, the defense couldn't make a stop or hold them or anything. You know, it, it was tough on them. Oh, we got one more chat before I want to get to the next topic. Uh, a lot of upsets recently, uh, and the the huge thing for for USC and any Pac-12 team is to find consistency. If you can, and that's kind of the beauty with the Pac-12 is you're not going to have uh, those tough teams that you're going to have to face outside of for USC, Arizona State, and in Utah, um, and then Oregon in the in the Pac-12 championship. If they if they get there, you just need to be yeah. consistent. You got it. You got to find those wins. You can't take any game for granted. It's. I know we're not playing Oregon State, but if we were playing Oregon State. Or Wazoo, you can't take that game for granted.
1: Yeah, and I, I, I almost look at it this this year with the short short schedule as I I don't think USC could get upset by a Colorado, by a Wazoo, by an Arizona, but where they could really cost themselves, I, I I almost look at the word upset as not just a win or a loss, but I mean if 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 SC comes out and they play. You know, Colorado or Arizona or Wazoo, as I just said, and they win by three or they win by seven. I call that an upset because it it obviously wouldn't give USC a loss, but it would pretty it hurts. pretty nearly ruin their college football playoff chain. I mean, we're talking about the rankings here. We're talking about making as big of a of a of an impression as you can in the short amount of time that they have to do that. And if they have one slow week, they have one one week where they you know win a one possession game that they should have won by three. I mean, it's it's going to be a hole that they're going to have to dig themselves out of. So I don't see SC really getting upset this year, but they're going to have to avoid those sort of take them for granted, don't come out and make as big of an impression as they would like to.
0: Yeah, I mean, you got to be deep and you got to be able to overcome adversity. You're going to have injuries. This is a short season. We've seen it in the NFL. We've seen it in college. You got to get past injuries. And one thing that's getting past injuries is USC's running back core right now. Uh, Marquis Step is coming back. It uh, looks great, apparently, from what we hear from practice, because we're not allowed to go. So we're taking uh, the coaching staff's words from it and uh, Tim Tesalone's words from it, uh, the PR guy for USC Athletics. Um, but I want to talk about the the rushing core. we got a lot of good running backs here at USC right now. Who's going to lead them? Go.
1: Knee-jerk reaction, I want to say Stephen Carr um just because i think overall he might be the most versatile of the group he might be i mean i know they say that everybody's getting back to full strength i think you don't really know that until you have them play four quarters against an arizona state you put them out on the field you know they're doing lateral cuts they're doing all those kinds of things and you know step is also he's a he's a very physical runner right he's he's massive it takes 10 guys to tackle him i mean if that's going to take a toll on him i mean probably not but it's just the it's just the kind of thing where I think it's unpredictable at this point they're obviously gonna say that he looks great and I'm sure he does um, but I, I I think it's hard to know for sure obviously for us especially not having seen any any practices not having seen them play um, whether it'll 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 hold up and I want to say out of the gate um, as they've been saying carr has been looking great like he's been you know, one of the bright spots of this shortened fall camp. So I, I see that carrying over right into the early season. And uh, again, this isn't—I I don't see any any running back on this team putting up a, you know, 700-yard season and you know, averaging 100 yards per game. I think that they're going to go with that sort of committee kind of kind of thing because, as I'm normally against that, I think it makes sense for this team, um, given given the guys that they have there. So I, I nobody's going to, you know run for a hundred, hundred and fifty more yards than any other guy, I don't think. But in the end, I would say Stephen Carr, but I could also see it being Steph or Malape or even Keenan Christian too.
0: Well I mean that's the interesting thing is you have such a interesting composition. You got the speed in Keenan Christian. You got the 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 finesse in Stephen Carr when he's out there and healthy. You got the brutality of Marquis Step where it takes eighteen guys to bring him down. And then you got Vi, who's just going to smash it through on third and one, which, yeah. it, it, I mean, it's perfect. And they're absolutely going to run that dichotomy uh, of, of backs, right? And they, sh- they should do that. But the guy that stands out to me the most is Marquis Step. You look at what he was able to do last year. That guy was an animal out there. In the few games he played, I think he played six games. I think he had just over 300 yards rushing.
1: Dude.
0: This guy's awesome, man. This guy is going to tear it up out there. And this is not an air raid offense, too. Granted, it's not air raid, right, where it's like yeah. a Mike Leach air raid. It's definitely more of a hybrid, and it's a situational air raid. Whatever that means, Graham Harrell keeps saying it. But I like it. It's working. The offense is working. Um, but I think Marquis Step is going to get out there and, and be that, that consistent guy where they can put him out there every play if they need to. They're not going to. But if there's a play, he can get that extra yard. He can break off that big run. Whereas Stephen Carr is, I like him. I love what I see from him, but I just need a little bit more consistency from him, and that's great. And I want to see that. And a lot of it's due to injury, and that's fine. Like, you know, injuries injuries hurt, but I need some more consistency. Vi, I love his role as that that short gain guy, and I think it works. And I'd love to see that. Keenan Christian. He's just so one-dimensional right now, Um, and I we didn't see a lot. No, he's strong. strong. I'm not. I'm not saying he's not, but right now, from what we've seen, he's one-dimensional. Right, his speed is his 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 big thing. I'm not saying he doesn't have other assets. He's he doesn't have strength or he doesn't have elusiveness or whatever. But his elusiveness and his strength right now is speed, and I want to see a little bit else from him. Right, and granted, he was young last year. Right, he was a freshman, if I'm I'm not mistaken. Right, Yeah. yeah. So I need a little bit more than just speed, but. I gotta like the guy. Don't get me wrong. He came in and he ran with it. Literally. Um, no pun there, but what do you think?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I think the thing that I always keep on coming back to, and I might be kind of beating a dead horse here, is that the the wide the the, the the wide receivers in the passing game and Keaton Slovis also just opens up so much more for this for this ground attack to do its thing, right? Because what you do is you, I mean, you put Amunro out there, you put Vaughn's out there, you put London out there, all of a sudden, like the Entire defense has to cons- has to think about the fact that one of those guys could burn him for like 45 yards, right? And all of a sudden, you get defenses so spread out that you know you pound step right up the middle. It takes, like we said, 10 guys to bring him down. Well, there's only two or three guys there, so he's he's either you know running for 15 untouched or he's dragging guys for like 20 more yards. And I think that that's and that'll that'll work for you know the The physical guys like Step and'll work for the fast guys like a Keenan too because you know you, he's he bursts up the middle also there's a giant hole there, and he's gone for twenty five before anybody has 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 even touched it. Maybe I'm you know exaggerating that, but I just think that that's gonna open up so much more space and so much more room for these guys to do their thing and Um, I, again, we're, we're gonna, when the season's over, we're not going to look back on this group and say, this is why USC is where it is, wherever that, that might be, right. Whether it's college football, playoff, Rose Bowl, Pac-12 championship, but it's going to be an important aspect of this team more, more so than I think Graham Harrell is willing to let on.
0: Well, I mean, I know you're a year younger than I am, uh, academically, uh, but what I will say is, I was around for the twenty seventeen season, right? That was the last season with Sam Darnold here. Now, this is absolutely true for you, um, and it—I'm going to say it's true for me too. But this is the best USC offense we've had since we've been here. Um, absolutely for you, oh, yeah. maybe for me. Um, but you look at this—I don't see a weak spot in this offense right now, dude. The the line—the line—is the only thing that concerns me, just because it—it hasn't been good, but it's good this year from what we know and just the people that we know are on the line, I'm excited for that. And that's going to help those running backs. That's going to help Keaton. You saw Keaton's biggest strength. And this is why Keaton worked over JT Daniels when when he wasn't working. And granted, the line did get better from, you know, 2018 to 2019. I'm not saying it didn't. I'm not blaming JT for that. But when the the times of the line broke down, you look at that Oregon game. Yeah, it was horrible. USC got absolutely mauled by their defense. But Keaton was able to buy time in the pocket. He was able to elude, you know, defenders coming in on him. He didn't take sacks as much as JT did. He didn't make egregious interceptions. He had interceptions, but the only egregious ones I can really remember from last year were BYU. And you know, BYU is a separate story, right? This first road game, a lot of lot of other factors that went into it. And I can excuse that, but we don't see those those garbage interceptions from him. And if you can combine that with a run game, more time in the pocket. And the ability to get out of the pocket if you need it and complete a pass, dude, this offense is wild.
1: Yeah. I think I think the O lines going to be good. Losing Austin Jackson was tough.
0: Yeah, but you got You fill him right in with uh, AVT, and th- thank God AVT yeah. is not going. When oh, I saw yeah. he when, he, when I saw he opted option. out, I'm like, yeah. if there's a season, we are dead. And then he opted back yeah. in. I'm like, yeah, let's sure. go.
1: Yeah, God, that was. And so I mean that just. Huge. Yeah. That I mean, that just goes to show like I think the players believe in this team as well. And I'm not you know, I, I'm not I'm not I'm not saying ABT wouldn't have come back if this was like, you know, some middle bottom of the Pac-Twelve South kind of team that didn't really have any real aspirations this year. But um when he when he came back he was like, I, I wanted to come back and compete with my with my teammates and like compete for a Pac twelve championship. And I think the team really believes that this year. I think there's a sort of energy around this team that I mean, I, again, I think the team has always believed in itself in, in, in years past, but I, I don't know. It seems like there's that little bit of extra juice this year that I think could go a long way.
0: Yeah, it reminds me of – did you go to the Arizona State game last year?
1: That was the one game I one missed. game
0: you didn't go to? God, I can't remember who it was, but there was a press conference after, and that was right when they got their sixth win on an interception by uh, – who was it? Rector. Rector, Christian Rector, Rector. yep. Uh, and we're sitting in the press room waiting for Helton and, and friends to come through uh, for the interviews. And someone I want to say it was Hunter Eccles, but I, I don't think it was. I
1: think it I think it Wasn't was it Hunter Eccles? Yeah, maybe not. I don't know. One I of think them it, I don't
0: know. Burst yeah. into the room, like, just tackle the door over. I don't know if they thought it was a locker room or what, and just go, We're going bowling, we're going bowling. I'm like, dude, that should not be the standard for this team. Yeah. Six yeah. wins? Are you kidding me? That's the standard? That's a Tony the Tiger Bowl. That's not the standard here. Absolutely not. But now you look at it, that Pac-12 championship, if they don't at least make it there, disappointment. Yeah. They got to they win all these games. That's what I'm saying. They got to win all these games. Six in a row, they have to do it. No excuses. But that brings us to our last topic. Um, there were a lot of things that went wrong last year. There were a lot of things that went wrong in 2018. What is the signal that everything that's clicked, that this is the USC that we've been waiting for. Everyone in the media has been talking 2020 is the year from since 2018, 2020, 2020. That's the year that they're going to do it. What's the signs for you?
1: For me, it's discipline, number one, and then consistency, number two. And these were two things that we did not see a lot of last year, right? I sort of every week, it it sort of came back to me last year that the theme of this team was that there is no theme. The theme is that. We have no idea what to expect. I mean, they 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 go out, they beat number ten Utah by like you know seven points, something like that, and a pretty convincing. Without Keaton Slovis, right? Matt 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 Fink played that played that game, and then they come back. I think it was the week later, or, and, and I might actually have the week split. Washington. I think they were they were their back to back weeks where yeah, where they they go out to BYU, and that was just a stinker, right? Keaton Slovis threw threw three picks. I mean, some of those were like. Really weird, like deflected. You know, shouldn't have happened at all. Just like freak picks. But either way, that wasn't you know number nine in the country. BYU at, at that point. That was a team that that was a team that SC should have destroyed. And then they come out with the uh, Washington game, and that game was not great. But then they go out to uh, South Bend, right, against the Fighting Irish, and they didn't win that game. But they outplayed them in three quarters, and they lost by three on the road to at that point was like number eight in the country. So that was an impressive game right there. And then they come up with the Oregon game. They get, you know, their doors blown open. I mean, it's just I, I didn't know what to expect. And I think if, if that same thing happened this year, I don't see how this team can recover from that. And I think one of the teams that brought them down a lot last year, too, was discipline, was stupid penalties um, on defense, whatever, late, late hits, uh, you know. Stupid roughing. Them. I mean, just things like that. That's just un- unnecessary roughnesses, like unsportsmanlike conduct. Just things that should not have happened, and things that set them back a lot. And not only killed, you know, field position or killed that kind of thing, but killed morale too. And then they just go out and lose that game. So that's something that I think is going to turn around this year with uh uh Todd uh, Orlando, Dante Williams coming in. um But we're, we're just we're just going to have to see because when 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 push comes to shove, the players are the ones that are going to be making the difference and. If, if they can turn that around and they can become more consistent this year, I, I, I think that's when we know that, the, that the, the individual pieces, which we've seen for the last couple of years, that, that they'll all be together. And this, this team, when you add those pieces together, the product is gonna be
0: special. I'm less worried about discipline than I am a lot of other things. Like discipline's huge, yeah. right? I mean, we know that penalties hurt this team, but penalties don't hurt good teams. If you can consistently win and consistently put up points, it's fine to have penalties there. If you're scoring, if you're up 21 points, yeah,
1: it doesn't, it doesn't matter, matter at that point, yeah, right? Yeah.
0: So that's fine. You see a lot of these good teams. Ohio State was one of the most penalized teams last year, if I'm remembering correctly. And they were, you know, Ohio State, right? So I'm less worried about that. What I'm worried about is consistency in the defense, right? And I'm gonna I'm gonna branch that out to special teams too. Because you look at and I want I'm gonna I'm gonna plug this myself again one more time because um, I called it right two years in a row. Thank you. Um, after that holiday ball, okay, it was clear that that things were not working. But where were the things not working? Defense and special teams. The offense was fine. It, it was it was fine. Plus, halfway through, you lost your starting quarterback again. We had to bring in Matt Fink. You know, Matt Fink's not supposed to be the guy running this offense. Okay, straight, plain and simple. So, I'm like, you know what? Helton's staying again. They're gonna, they need to fire uh, Clancy. They need to fire Pendergast. Uh, and we will figure this out. And they did just that. So, two years running, Clay Helton not getting fired, uh, and the right position coach getting fired. So, what I'm looking for is consistency. I want special teams to be consistent. There are so many errors last year. I mean, what was it? The, they put two number sevens out on the field to start the yeah, season. The
1: first play, the of, first the play of the game. The
0: first you, play of the game. You have, like, six months to prepare for that. Six months, what we're going to do, who's going to be out there, what jersey they're going to be wearing. First of all, USC, I've seen this happen multiple times. It, they've been penalized multiple times for this. Wear a different jersey. Oh, my God, the number's not that important. Look, I played sports. I know what a number is. But if it's going to cost you 15 or whatever, 10 yards or whatever it is, get a different number, man. Come on. It, it, it's, it's ridiculous at this point. But that defense needs to bear down. They need to be able to make the stops. They need to not just be helpless. And the other thing, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take off consistency from you, too. They were not consistent game to game, but they weren't consistent quarter to quarter. I know you said play a whole game. Yeah. But I, mean, I don't know what it was, but halftime was just flip it. There were so many times I wrote a yeah. story last year where it's like, I'm like, oh, yeah, here the story's done. It's going to be done at halftime, yada, yada, yada. And then completely different game in the second half, and it just, control uh, control a delete all and call it a day
1: yeah and that 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 comes back to special teams too i think it was the oregon game last year right where uh usc toward the end of the of the first half they were down like seven points four or seven points something like that like it was a it was a winnable game and i don't think uh justin herbert was playing particularly well in the first half either and it SC had like just scored there were there was like you know 30 seconds before the half all the momentum was on their side i think they were getting the ball at halftime too all of a sudden Oregon like returns a 108 yard you know kickoff for a touchdown boom now it's like an 10 11 point game and it just you know snowballed from there so th- those are the kinds of things that i think aren't going to be as big of a problem this year i think they allowed two uh kickoff return for 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 touchdowns last year which was like most in the Pac12 and I mean there that should be zero that shouldn't happen all season so hopefully that gets gets fixed this year but it's those those kinds of plays aren't just about the points although the points will certainly kill you it's all about the momentum and that was what lost them the Oregon game I mean many things lost them that game but that one certainly didn't help and it that's just the kind of thing like I said where it's it's all about the momentum it's all about being disciplined enough to not let that sort of thing happen and then let it spiral out of from there and i think that if they can figure that
0: out they'll be fine yeah i mean like like we've like like we've said the entire show i'm not worried about the offense in any realm like i i don't even need to watch the offense i can tell who's going to win this game based on the defense for usc say defense wins championships I, i don't think that's true but i think this defense needs to you know hold its hold its line so usc the usc offense can actually do something
1: I really I, – I, I would like to say I really hope Keaton Slovis does not get hurt because Let me tell you,
0: is... having AVT back definitely helps. I was yeah, worried. Hurt. I oh, was yeah. worried.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm yeah. like, this dude's going to – Like, I wasn't – like, yeah, he was going to get sacked a lot if, if AVT wasn't there. A lot more – I'm sorry, not a lot, but a lot more than he would have if he is there. But I was worried about injury, man. Like, the sacks are one thing, but you knock him out for an entire game – two games, three games, whatever the concussion protocol is. That's oh it.
1: In a seven-game season, that's it. Unless oh, they can time. somehow find a way. I mean, you saw against uh, Utah last year, the game plan was throw it up and hope that a receiver comes down with it. And it worked because the receivers are crazy. But yeah. and, I don't
0: know. and we got crazy receivers this year. But that's all the time we have for this episode of Trojan Dash. Thank you guys for tuning in, being active in the comments. We'd love to see that. Nathan, thank you for taking the time to be here with me. Of As always, Absolutely. you can find us on the web at dash on socials Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at dash sports TV. We're starting podcasts now, so this episode will be available on Spotify along with all of our other Dash shows. And we do columns exclusively with sportspac12.com through our new partnership. Nathan writes there every week, so make sure you go check that out. And we will see you next week.